I am so glad that you are joining me today. I know I might have taken some of you by surprise because I don't quite have the height or the hair to offer you like Pastor Taylor or really his wonderful skill of teaching, but I do have some humor and some real-life honesty to share with you today, and I think you can relate to it as we talk about the ever-elusive time in our days. Again, my name is Caitlin, and I am, have been attending a Fuse for about four years now. I am a wife to my husband, Joe, and I also work in the ther- in, as a speech therapist in the community, and I've been proudly toting the title of mom to my son, Nash, for about a year now. This is him on his first birthday just last week. Adorable, right? <laughs> And now I also hold the title of Groups Coordinator at Infuse, as you heard before. And this is something, a volunteer role, but I was passionate about taking this on last year because I have experienced the life change myself personally and seen that life change in others that groups can bring. Now, even though this was something I was passionate about doing, I found myself thinking, I just don't have the time for this right now. I was literally due with my son and in September, right when groups were about to launch and get started, and I was just thinking, I don't have the time. You know, pregnancy really created this inner turmoil for me of seeing all these things that I wanted to do, these hopes and dreams and passions I wanted to pursue, but worrying that when I suddenly became a parent, I wouldn't have the time. I think when I was just two to three months pregnant, I had a full-blown panic attack about the fact that my husband and I had never taken a tropical vacation. I know that sounds really dramatic. I blame the pregnancy, but maybe you guys can relate to this today. I want to blank, but I don't have the time. I want to catch up on all my shows, but I don't have the time. I really want to start working out, but I don't have the time. I really want to take that trip we always say we're gonna take or catch up with that friend I've been meaning to call, but I don't have the time. If you are a mom or a dad or a parent of any kind, even if that's to a pet, or maybe you have a demanding work schedule where you work 12-hour shifts, you are probably thinking, I don't have the time on a daily basis. But I am glad to say that this stage of life does not last forever, hallelujah, and maybe you are finding yourself with an abundance of time on your hands. Maybe you are recently retired, have become an empty nester. Maybe for you, just the current events that we are all experiencing have caused a shift in your time, in your job, where you now have excess time to spare. But isn't it funny that even with excess time, we can still find those things we just don't have the time for? For example, maybe you really wanted to try that new recipe, but you know, throwing in that frozen pizza into the oven was just a little bit quicker. Or maybe you really wanted to take a walk, but it's a little chilly and the couch is calling your name. Or maybe for you, it is that you need to be more organized. I really want to be more organized, but taking the time to get to that one closet or that one drawer in your house, I just don't have the time for it. We all have the same amount of time in our day. We just have different unique things that are pulling for that time, that are taking that time, places where we are spending that time. At the end of his message last week, Pastor Taylor challenged us to be honest with ourselves. And I'm here today to be honest with you. I hope that you can do the same with me when I say that I am not always the best at prioritizing my free time. 
Now, I can find myself scrolling mindlessly through social media like Facebook and Instagram, and yes, even TikTok, although I'm not proud to admit that to you today. It's just something about those videos that suck me in. I can spend hours on my phone, and that is a real time sucker in my life. What is that time sucker in your life? Be honest with yourself today. Maybe it's those work emails that you just have to catch up on at the end of a day because you can't quite let them go until the next day. Or maybe for you, it's spending that extra 15, 20 minutes turns to an hour at the gym because you need to get in those extra reps or miles. Or maybe for you, it's also like me, binge watching videos, spending that time on the internet, the rabbit hole that is the internet. But at the end, but essentially, we all have the same hours in our day, right? It's just a difference of how we are spending them. Sometimes it's hard for us to look beyond our personal bubble and see how our demands on our life, the events and commitments, our schedules that we have, are sometimes feel like they are more demanding than others. Like our time is somehow more precious because there's less of it. But simply put, the decisions that we make, the things that we say yes and no to, impact how we spend our time differently. We all have the same amount of time. And thinking of it this way really makes it hard to say, I don't have time. I have the time. I'm just choosing to spend it somewhere or somehow else. Now, stick with me. If you're in that first category of people, you know the work demands or the child demands, I know you are giving me some major eye rolls right now because you have lots of things that are pulling for your time. You're trying to keep those bodies clean, the kitchen clean, the dishes clean, get clean clothes for the next day, and it can seem like a lot. But hear me out. What we want to do or accomplish ultimately gets our time. For example, some of you moving up in your career is an achievement that you want to accomplish. So you put in the extra hours, maybe sometimes even unpaid, to move up in your career. For some of you, staying in shape or sculpting your physique is an achievement and an accomplishment that you would like to get to. So you put in the extra hours at the gym and time in the kitchen to make that happen. For some of you, maybe your accomplishment or achievement is your house or your yard. So you put in a lot of extra time to make those upgrades and improvements. You invest the time into that. Now, arguably, none of these things are bad things, and they all need a portion of our time for very good reasons, but I challenge you today. Where do those things get you 10 years from now? Maybe 20 years from now. That one hurts to think about a little more, how old you're going to be 20 years from now. But where does that job promotion leave you? With a larger paycheck, maybe an earlier retirement, but also maybe some damaged relationships to show for it. Maybe for you, that time in the gym has led to a healthier body and arguably probably a longer lifespan. But where does it leave you when you're gone? What kind of legacy does that leave behind? So today, I'm challenging you again to be honest with yourself. Really think about this next question. What real and lasting change do you need to make in your life? Because a lot of the time investments that we make aren't in things that last. What is that thing that you keep coming back to, that nagging thing? 
maybe for you, it's dealing with a loss that you've just stuffed inside and never really dealt with. Maybe for you, it's mending a relationship, saying I'm sorry, or asking for forgiveness. Maybe for you, it's dealing with your anger, your attitude, your addiction. And maybe for you, it's just dealing with your lack of self-worth, your anxiety, or depression. Whatever your answer is, I challenge you to use your answer to fill in the blank. I want to blank, but I don't have the time. I want to work on my marriage, but I don't have time. I want to work on loving myself more, but I don't have the time. Can you say yours out loud today? Or does it feel a little too cringy to even share with yourself or the people sitting around you? These may not feel like earth-shattering, world-moving change, but the small changes that you can make have huge impacts on your daily life and the people around us. Maybe you find yourself today saying, I want to work on my relationship with God. I want to read the Bible more. I want to pray more. I want to feel closer to God, but I don't have the time. That one stings a little, doesn't it? Making time in our lives, having to make that time in our lives for the one that gives us life, just doesn't sit well. We like to live our lives uninterrupted, follow the plan, stick to the schedule, remain comfortable, but where does that get us? You know, I think the Bible is full of so many life-changing stories if we really took the time to dig into all of them. But today, we are going to focus on Jesus' closest friends while he was here on earth, the people that he invested his time in. In turn, they invested into a relationship with him. I wanted to focus on them for many reasons, but one of them is because they were regular, ordinary people just like me and you, someone we can relate to. But they took the time to invest in the relationship with God, and they experienced some of the greatest life change. And because of them, they're even the reason that you and I know who Jesus is today. They're the reason we even just have heard his name at some point in our life, thousands of years after he is gone, because of the time they took to commit to their journey with God. People like Paul, Peter, and John, his disciples. Now, I don't know about you, but I found myself wondering, what if these people in Jesus' life had thought, I don't have the time to commit to this journey? Where would we be today? So that's what we're going to dig into. I want you to grab your Bible at home if you have one, or just open up your app on your phone, tablet, computer. We're going to look at Matthew's perspective. So Matthew chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 18 where we see how Jesus called his first disciples and how they responded to this time-committing role. So in verse 18, we can read, As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting the net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Now, before we get too far into this, I do have another real-life confession for you. I do not consider myself very skilled in the area of Bible knowledge, but I have found through my time investing into reading the Bible that I can relate best if I imagine myself there, if I put myself in the text like it was happening now. So we're going to do that together today. So I want you to imagine that, you know, just like the two brothers, they were at work, they are fishermen, 
want you to imagine you and your coworker at work. So it could read, Caitlin and Kathy are at their desks doing their job. Maybe for you, it's Joe and Nick were out pouring concrete for that house foundation. Fill it in with all your much more interesting jobs out there and imagine it happening to you now. Let's see what happens next. And he said to them, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Now, I don't know about you, but in my imaginary scenario, I'm a little like, well, man, you know, I'm at work here doing my job. I've got to stick to my schedule because I have to get home as early as possible. I need to start dinner. I need to do this and that. And maybe that's you today. But also, maybe you fall into the category of just being curious about this opportunity. They were fishermen, like I said, and they were good businessmen. They were probably curious about this opportunity that Jesus, who at the time, still looked like just another religious leader, was presenting them with. He was asking them, the regular and ordinary people, to follow him. So maybe you would have been more considerate in your reply out of sheer curiosity. But let's see what they do. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. Immediately. Your text may read something like straight away or at once. But regardless, they did not waste any time. They did not contemplate their long list of pros and cons. They fully invested and committed into a journey that they did not even know where it was going. But they were willing to make a change. Okay, this doesn't end here. He called a few more disciples, so let's see how they respond. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, Zebedee and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called to them. So similar, right? We have two brothers. This time, they're at work with their father, mending their nets, fishermen as well, and Jesus calls to them, follow me. I can almost guess how they reply, but let's see what happens. Immediately, they left the boat and their father and followed him. Now, not only did these two waste no time, but they surrendered it all, even leaving behind their boat and their own father. That is a whole other level of commitment. They fully invested. Now, if you are a pro-con list type today, I know that you can see the con list here looks pretty long. But, you know, they left behind their boat, their father, their job. But what we don't get to see in these passages is the reward, the pro list. And it is so simple. They got to be a part of the winning team. Maybe they didn't even realize the investment that they were making at this time. Maybe they thought they were just going out for a day, a week, a month. But when they realized the life change that came out of spending time and building a relationship with Jesus, I imagine that they probably didn't want to leave all because they said yes and got in the game. Their investment, that commitment, is why we even know Jesus today. It's why we have the Bible to read. And in the end, they didn't really lose on this journey. There wasn't a lost job, a lost paycheck, a lost relationship, although it can seem that way. I know you might be thinking, Caitlin, you know, I think they really did leave their dad on that boat. That's how it appears that it happened. They lost him out there. But, you know, I think they were absent for a time. 
They were absent from their family for a time while they made a change that they needed to make. And they gained far more than what they lost. They gained freedom in Jesus. The same freedom that you and I can gain from following him today. They gained freedom from guilt and shame by knowing the one that loves them despite all their flaws. They gained freedom to have hope in their darkest of times. And they gained love that would never change and never end. All because they made the choice to make the time and to waste no time doing it. Real change, real lasting change makes the time. It pushes aside our schedules, our commitment. It interrupts our lives to make the time. Now, I know that imagining ourselves in these scenarios today can seem a bit extreme, right? Like, Jesus isn't going to come up to me at work, Kaylin. He's not going to interrupt my life. He's not going to ask me to leave behind my father in a boat. But he actually does. If you have made the commitment to follow Jesus with your life, he kind of does ask us to do just that. He asks us to put him first and invest our time in a relationship with him, to grow deeper in a relationship with him. Now, this would be the part of the message where if you have decided and made that commitment with your life, that I would give you some simple action plan to follow. Maybe it would look something like this. Invest your time by reading 10 minutes from your Bible each day. Invest your time by taking 15 minutes in the morning to spend time with God. Or invest your time by consistently watching the message on Sunday mornings. Those are all great investments of your time, but maybe you are like me and you can relate that you are also not the best at prioritizing your free time. And maybe like me, you have tried these things before and kind of fallen off the wagon. Do it for a few weeks, fall off the wagon, try again a few months later, and that's okay. We're all human, but that is the reason that today I'm not challenging you to these investments here. I'm challenging you today to jump in with both feet, like Simon, Andrew, James, and John in our story today, and get in the game. Invest your time by developing a deeper relationship with God and with others by joining a group. Earlier, I shared with you guys about the story when I was pregnant as a first-time mom and how I felt the dread of all the things that I would be missing, surrendering, by ultimately having this child that was going to take up my time and energy for the next 18-plus years. But if you are a parent, you also know that surrendering those things and having that child gives you life-giving, life-changing joy and love, and you wouldn't trade that for the world. I compare that to our relationship with God. We have to surrender things, surrender our time, things we'd rather have and own, even rather be, to be in a relationship with him. But by putting him first, we get so much more. We get that life-changing, life-giving joy that we wouldn't trade for the world. Maybe you aren't a parent, but you can also relate to this today. But the time that you put in, putting your, someone else's needs above your own, by investing your time and your money in someone you love, like a grandparent, a mother or a father, your best friend or your significant other. It's that feeling that you get when giving, you're getting back even more than you're giving. 
It's the same with our relationship with God. We get back so much more time than what we put in. We get it back in far more ways. Maybe it would come in restoration to that relationship. Maybe it comes in peace during turmoil and uncertain times, and we all know we're facing those this year. Maybe it comes in hope in the darkness. And if you're thinking today, I, my darkness is too dark. My uncertainties are too uncertain, Caitlin. I challenge you that you are never too far gone for the love and the power of Jesus if you make the time for him. So I also know that some of you at home are thinking this doesn't really apply to me today. Maybe you haven't made the decision to follow God. Maybe you don't really know where you stand with that. Or maybe you, religion has rubbed you the wrong way in the past. So joining a group full of quote-unquote religious people can seem really hard to imagine for you. But groups are for you too. I challenge you to jump in with both feet. You can explore on a deeper level with believers and non-believers. You have a place to ask questions, to grow and learn together. And in the end, if you come out of it and you think, this just isn't for me, you can't say you didn't give it a fair shot. Now, my next confession for you is a bit embarrassing, but I am really bad at math. Like, really bad. I think my husband will tell you that I do most of my addition and subtraction on my fingers. Now, I did some math for you today, though, because I wanted to show you how the seemingly large leap of joining a group is really just a small percentage of our time. So at home, this is the part, I want you to grab your calculators, whether that is one you have in a drawer, maybe like an antique sitting in there collecting some dust, this is your time to use it, or just the one on your phone, computer, or tablet. And we are going to do some math together. You guys can fact check me here because, like I said, I'm not good at math. So we have seven days in a week, which have 24 hours in each said day, right? So in a week, we have a total of 168 hours. So our 168 hours in our week, we're going to multiply that by 40 weeks in the year. I know there's 52, but we only really meet for groups for about 40 weeks with all the breaks for holidays, scheduling conflicts, and things like that. So for the total hours in those 40 weeks, we get 6,720. And groups really only take up about 80 of those hours out of that 6,720. But if you're like me, you know, like 80 still kind of looks like a big number. Again, I'm not great with numbers. So I wanted to make it a percentage. Shout out to my husband for teaching me how to do this for the message today. So we are going to take 80 divided by 6,720 to get 0.011. And to make that a percent, you move the decimal around. I'm not going to get into details here. But groups take 1.1% of your total time this year. Okay, you can be honest with me. Does this feel like a sales pitch yet? Groups only take 1.1% of your time, and for that 1.1% of your time, I can give you real and lasting change, and if you join in the next five minutes, we will throw in a free Infuse hat. Now, this is also where the fine print would read across the screen that we aren't actually going to give you free swag for joining a group, but it's really cool. Check it out. It looks really nice, right? But I just wanted, you know, this is Billy Mays, if you don't know who that is. Great infomercial. He was my inspiration for that little bit there. 
But I am honestly not ashamed or embarrassed for what I am trying to sell you on today because it's not going to leave you broken or forgotten two years from now or even 20 years from now. It will truly last a lifetime. That is what God can work on if you let him. God can and will take that 1.1% of your time and make that lasting change if you let him. That thing from earlier, your group members can come alongside you and your relationship with God and make that change. Let me share a story with you guys today. I was leading a group of women about two or three years ago now, and on a whim, I decided that I would invite my coworker now, I didn't know, she didn't go to Infuse, and I honestly did not know where she stood with her faith journey. FYI, both of those things are okay. There are no prerequisites for joining a group. And she surprised me by coming regularly. I got to know her on a deeper level, and what I learned was that she was dealing with a lot in her life. She was dealing with hurt in her marriage, even early on, dealing with a separation for a time. There was hurt, there was need for forgiveness and healing, and while women's group didn't heal her marriage, didn't even solve her marriage problems, I don't even think we tackled that topic, but it opened her up. It gave her a place to talk and heal and grow and learn that she was not alone. And that was the change that she desperately needed in her life. When she was feeling like something's got to give, that's what she needed to keep going. Now, not only is there personal change to be made, but your choice to invest in a group may make that change in someone else's life. You could be that difference maker that makes that life change. Maybe God isn't calling you to join a group today. Maybe he's calling you to lead a group today. My husband and I have had the opportunity to lead a, married gr a group of married couples this past year. And I can tell you as a group leader, there are so many times that you find yourself thinking, is anyone really getting anything out of this tonight? Or are we really tracking on the same subject? Or is everyone just thinking about their to-do list for tomorrow? But at the end of the year, one of our group members shared a story that I want to share with you today about how groups impacted her in more ways than I even knew. You see, she, on her faith journey, had suffered a loss. And she was grieving that loss. And because of that, she had lost hope, lost that light in her faith. Now, in May of 2019, from a push from a friend, she decided to start checking out Infuse. And she felt at home. And she continued that journey with her faith by joining a group in that fall. She'd only been at Infuse a few months. She didn't know anyone in the group, but she jumped in with both feet and checked it out. Now, during this next year, 2019 into 2020, she not only experienced the things that we are all experiencing with this past year, right? All those different changes and challenges, but she was also dealing with a debilitating injury that caused her not to work for a period of time. Health issues, really unknowns with her health, lots of doctor's appointments and pain, things that made everyday life really difficult. She was also caregiving for her parents, and the, dealing with the eventual loss this past year of her mother. Now, I don't know about you, but if she had faced all of those things before investing in her faith journey, it's hard to say where she would be today. Uh, as a group leader, 
and members of her group. We got to be a part of facilitating in her life God's bigger plan for her. We got to form this community to make her feel loved and cared for, to invest in her faith, to get her through these challenging times. Okay, we also have some discussion questions today, so let's check those out. I want you to be honest with yourselves, again, as you answer these questions today. Be honest in this first question about where you're spending your time during your day. Be honest with yourself about how that reflects your priorities. Find that thing or aspect, that area of your life that you really do need to work on. And I hope when you identify that thing that you can create a plan, a game plan that includes God in facilitating that change. Now I know that the old saying goes, real change takes time. But I also think real change makes time. Because if you never make the time you're never gonna see the change that you need to make. Now, I know you might be feeling overwhelmed. We're spending a lot of time talking about groups these past few Sundays, but we have always been about the people, not the place to meet on Sunday mornings, right? Taylor says that all the time. Most of you can repeat it by word, but now is the time to be the action of that. Now is the time for us to really be the people, to be the church outside of those four walls as we aren't meeting physically. So if you are feeling called to join a group today, you can check that out by going to infuse.church groups. There are groups for men, for women, for married couples. We have groups that are meeting online only, some meeting like a hybrid option in person and online with obvious safety precautions as we're meeting. But maybe for you, you're being called to lead a group. And if that's you, send me a personal email to caitlin at infuse.church. Okay, now before we go today, let's pray together and really reflect and be honest with ourselves about the decisions that we're facing with our time. Heavenly Father, we just come before you today in awe of the power that you have, in awe of that life-changing power that you restored into not only those stories in the Bible, not only those people that came before us, but in our lives today. Please just be with those that have those burdens on, your li- on their lives, those things that they need so desperately to change. Use that power to help open their hearts. Help us be open to making time to invest in you and in turn to experience that change that you have for us to make. We pray that throughout this next week, this next month, even this next year, that you, we can invest that time in you, that we can grow in whatever areas we need to grow in, but just to continue to grow closer to you. I pray these things in your name. Amen. I'm going to turn it over to Devin. Thanks for joining me this morning. Hey, everybody. 